and it's time to talk travel, and that's always fun. And Sally Lucas, it's a welcome to you. And it's a welcome to Jane today, because guess what? We're turning the tables. Jane has just come back from a fabulous holiday in South America, and in particular she did extensive touring through Ecuador, the Galapagos, and also the Amazon Basin and down into Peru. So I thought it was quite opportune that we should have Jane talk to us today. And very nice it is too to be able to talk yeah. about some lovely and places. It's, it's um, a fabulous con- uh, series of countries within the South American continent, of course, and I've only been to uh, a mere smattering of them. Jane has been to quite a lot more, being the inveterate traveller that she is. So Jane... Tell us a little bit about Ecuador, which is considered one of the most diverse countries in the world for its geographical, cultural and biological diversity. And I guess the Galapagos is the same as being part of the same, but totally different, as you have explained to me. So what, how can you sort of compare them and what, what is the diversity within these areas? Well, I thought I'd just look at a couple of these diverse areas because Ecuador is full of diversity and variety. And the Galapagos and the Amazon Basin are so very different. To, and so today we went to the Galapagos first. It's volcanoes. There's still active mm-hmm. volcanic uh, activity happening there. And a lot of the islands are fairly small, um, very dry vegetation, and that is very different from the Amazon Basin, where, of course, there's lots of tropical rainforest and lots of water around the place. But the Galapagos, of course, is well known for having given Darwin the idea uh, for his theory of evolution with, of when course. he noticed the hummingbirds were so very different. And they were also different in different islands. The islands are quite a long way apart, um, sometimes up to six hours by boat from one to the other. And they've obviously been apart for a long time, so... Uh, Animals like the reptiles, the iguanas and the lava lizards and the hummingbirds, the birds as well, have had a chance to, the ones that don't fly from island to island, have had had a chance to evolve in different ways. On each of the islands. Even though they're related, they're different. Isn't that amazing? So how long, Jane, would you suggest one needs in the Galapagos to seeing there is a, a variety of islands to visit? What would you suggest? The boat that we went on <clears throat> did two different tours, one after the other, each of them about a week. So eight right. days, they say, but they overlap. So they do week and week about. Some on the eastern side, which are more the mm-hmm. smaller and older volcanic islands, although they're still looking very volcanic. And the western side uh, is the other the other tour mm. that they do. On the eastern side, there tends to be a bit more opportunity to snorkel okay. and um People just love snorkeling with sea lions. They're very friendly. They're very inquisitive. And turtles, you can follow mm-hmm. turtles along. Um, we were also very lucky on one of the beaches on one of the islands to see some turtle hatchlings coming out oh, of their eggs wow. and that, pouring fabulous. down the beach to the sea. And I might say it wasn't long before the mm. predatory birds were um, on the scene. The frigate yes. birds were diving in. There were big, big red crabs, Sally Lightfoot crabs, that were also trying to grab them. And the marine iguanas were coming along as well. So it's a tough life if you're a little turtle. And the I survival rate's quite low, isn't it? Very low. It would be oh, maximum 10%, I think, and yes. possibly yeah. a lot less. But it's great to see them trying. To try. And, of course, human footprints in the sand, that's also an obstacle. But they know where they're going and they get there. It's funny, isn't it? You just wonder how they know. They just pop out of an egg and suddenly they just know they've got a head for the water. And how they know to find their way back again afterwards, which they do sometimes decades later to breed, is astounding. Um, The the iguanas, of course, everybody's seen pictures of Mm. iguanas and it was lovely to see them in the flesh. None of these animals will run away from you because they're not used to people. They've grown 
grown up just knowing. So they don't themselves. have that fear. Of they humans. don't have that fear, mm. and they'll they'll just carry on about their life. We saw blue-footed boobies, which are oh, most yes. amazing birds. Yes, I've seen pictures doing their courting dance, and yeah. and uh, of course the frigate birds, the male frigate birds, have a red sack under their bill, under mm-hmm. their beak. And the males will blow that up. It takes them about 20 minutes to blow it up. And that's their attractive. Uh-huh. That's what the women love. And uh, they practice. So we went past a tree with uh, a number of young male frigate birds with their sacks inflated. And our guide said, that's the disco tree. They're practicing. <laughs> However, um, that's just a taste. I mean, the colours of yes. the different iguanas on some of the islands are different as well. So Darwin would have noticed a lot of different variations. The Amazon Basin was totally different mm. um, area. We went to the Cuyabeno Reserve, and that, it's known for its flooded forest. The okay. forest, the water level rises and falls quite a bit. And so it's good to go when it's up because you travel by motorised canoe, a very long slender canoe with wooden benches on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't rock too much. <laughs> you no. sit still, but you're right up close and personal and able to stop next, right next to the river, all the vegetation pouring over the river. It took us two hours to get there. And whereabouts is this within Ecuador? It's just on the roughly northeastern side of Ecuador, on the equator. So right. we crossed the equator several times while we were walking on, yes. on, the, on the shore. Uh, you fly to a place called Lago Agrio, mm-hmm. which is an oil um, mining center. And you go out by bus for two hours and then two mm. hours by motorized canoe to get to the Echo Lodges. There are about, oh, I think, nine Echo Lodges around that part of the river. And uh, we were very entranced with ours. It was beautifully set out. Monkeys hopping along on the trees, yes. um, shouting, waving their fists at each other across the river. They don't, they don't swim, so it was an yes, they don't threat. like water, do they? And we <coughs> see a couple of iguanas resting, uh, iguanas, anacondas resting by the side of the river, close enough to take photos. I not wouldn't want ones. to get too close to those. Little ones. Little ones, <laughs> yes. not, not the big, huge ones. Not the big, huge ones. And caimans, the alligators, oh, yes, yes, uh, yes. went looking for them at night. Um, there were toucans in the trees, not lots, but we saw them. Mm-hmm. And um, wonderful sunsets and sunrises. They took us out to the lagoon uh, where you Beautiful. could see great reflections. Uh, just fantastic. Oh, and the hairy tarantula in the banana tree. Oh, how big. Very <laughs> Think of a big hand. <laughs> Bed and butter plate? Uh, if he stretched his legs out, out, he would be, mm. yes. So two, very, two of the very di- different areas in Ecuador, and there are many other different areas as well. It sounds like you had a fabulous itinerary anyway, and what you saw and did, you covered quite a lot of territory, which obviously we can't cover everything today. But what we'll do with Jane, um, we'll catch up over the next couple of weeks and maybe on some of the other areas she's been to that I'm sure listeners will be interested in, Jane. On to NURFM, 22 past one. We are talking travel, Sally Lucas and I. And Sally cruising, we just can't keep away from it. It's such a popular way to travel. It is these days, and we keep getting more and more vessels coming into our country. Um, We've got two more coming in about November next year uh, that P&O have purchased from Holland America Line. Um, They don't really need a major refit because Holland America always keeps their vessels pretty well up to scratch. So just some minor adjustments to Australianise them. Um, But, yes, so that's good news for us. 
and they're like more like boutique cruising ships as well, and they do all sorts of things like have culinary bars where you can have food and wine tastings, etc. So P&O is doing this now in Australia, which people may not re- realise that they're doing this on their vessels, and it's changed. Cruising has changed dramatically from when I first came into the industry and started cruising. Um, so they realise now they've got to provide a different variety of food, a different choice, not just the one restaurant to go to, you know. So we're getting all these choices, which is great. And activities, I mean, the range of activities on board now is second to none for all ages, you know, whether it's little tots, whether it's teenagers, adults, whether you're an adrenaline junkie, you know. It's not on all their ships yet, all the adrenaline stuff, but they're gradually getting this on all their vessels, you know. What sort of adrenaline mm. stuff are we talking about? Well, they about? have climbing walls and they have things where you can fly around, you know, like a tube that goes out over the sea and back again. I mean, I don't know whether I'd like to do that, but anyway. I'm sure some would. I'm sure some would as well. But, you know, they have big screens now, even the theatre. Like, it's not just cabaret every night. Like, they actually do some theatre presentations as well, and they have a two-storey theatre. They'll do a version of, like, a Cirque du Soleil type event as well. They've got aqua health spas on board. Um, you know, so there's all sorts of things you can do, the usual deck sports. They've even got V8 um, race simulators for the, for the big kids and even the dads or whatever now on board that can think they're at Bathurst and have a bit of a go around the Bathurst racetrack on the... And the mums. And the mums. Well, I'd do it. <laughs> But, you know, man, I'm a bit of a rev here. Um, I shouldn't admit to that, should I? Um, <laughs> they have all sorts of onboard classes even, like from dancing to making, you know, some of the range of cocktails they have on board. They have food and wine tastings. You have Luke Mangan's got a restaurant. His salt is on board. Um, so it's really changed dramatically. And I just thought it's good for you to know that now. So once upon a time you might have thought you were just getting the usual buffet and, you know, the usual just bit of entertainment and a bit of bingo. Well, it's really has raised uh, quite a few notches from that level. And they also are sourcing all Australian product on board, um, where possible organic. Um, you know, so if it's beef, it's all been freshly put on here. It, it's all fresh Australian produce, so you're getting quality food as well. So good things to keep in mind if you're thinking cruising. And also P&O's the only company now that takes in more Australian ports than anywhere else. Once it was just cruising the Pacific, but now they're coming into things like, or places, sorry, like the Mornington Peninsula and uh, Mooloolaba on the Sunshine Coast. And they're actually there this year for, what do they call it? Someone said it to me yesterday, I'm going to get it wrong. Something mudder. (laughs) It's that funny, you know, where you put yourself out into the extremes and it's being held on the Sunshine Coast this year. And just by chance, their cruise ship is going to be there when that is on. So, yes, just think P&O and rethink it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And even their brochure, Jane, like it used to always just have pictures of the South Pacific or something like that. They've gone for a completely white brochure, which stands out, actually, and just with P&O cruises on it in colour. And it's, it's quite outstanding because you just notice it because it's so different to all the other cruise brochures out there. So grab yourself a copy and, yeah, flick through it and you'll be amazed at what you will find. Um, the other thing, Jane, Aurora Expeditions are having a floating photography exhibition of Frank Hurley's iconic Antarctic images. He, and of I, course, was the photographer with Shackleton. That's right, with Shackleton, yes. Yeah. So these are is on loan from the State Library of New South Wales, so it's a bit of a coup. So over the next two years, their small expedition ship, Polar Pioneer, is going to pl- uh, play host to this exhibition, featuring, of course, Frank Hurley's iconic 
um, Antarctic images. And this has been developed in conjunction with the State Library and curated by um, their own historian, Aurora Has, and also the biographer of Frank Early, Frank Hurley's book, um, Alastair McGregor. So he's involved in all this as well. So they're going to showcase imagery taken during the 1914 to 1917 Imperial Trans-Antarctic Expedition and try and visually create what Shackleton and his men endured. So this is going to be on, but it's only a number of things they're doing over the next two years to commemorate the centenary. So if you're thinking of doing an Antarctic trip, it would be great to do it on the Aurora if you're thinking of doing it over the next couple of years. On and the Polar Pioneer. On the old mm. Polar Pioneer, which we've both been on. And very pleasant it was. It was a great little ship. <laughs> I loved it. I really did. I mean, it's nothing flash or fancy, but it was just everyone got on. It was just a really, you know, homely atmosphere. Very and, open yes, atmosphere And too. also I loved um, the attention to detail from the staff. The service was excellent. People getting you on and off the Zodiacs, getting you ashore was very the paramount the safety was paramount at all time and how they looked after you i was very impressed so that's something you might consider if antarctic is on your bucket list thank you sally thank you jane and thank you for your input today that was wonderful my pleasure and uh, we'll talk travel again next friday after the one o'clock news on 2 and you rfm